Green Divas and Green Dudes come in many shades of green. Here to help you discover and celebrate your personal shade of green are hosts Green Diva Meg and Maxine Margot, veteran radio chicks who share important news about climate change and the plight of human existence, but somehow manage to make most of it fun and sexy using at least 50 shades of green. Well, hey there, and welcome to a very special episode of 50 Shades of Green Divas. Mm. I am here in the studio with our marvelous Green Diva Max. Howdy. And I'm Green Diva Meg, and we have a couple of very special guests. Um, and Verushka Franceschi, who is a filmmaker and actress. Hello, Verushka. Hello. And, of course, the fabulous James Cromwell, the actor, activist, and... Uh, Starstruck. Don't say too many nice things about him. We won't say nice things because you've been. Go to his head. (laughs) If he gets any taller, I'm going to really be in trouble. (laughs) But um, just to introduce myself, I am Green Diva Meg, and uh, we are here in the studios in New York City uh, at CDM Sound Studios, who have uh, graciously uh, given us some space and beautiful space is good. James Cromwell, as we said, is here. Uh, people know him. He's Academy Award nominated and Emmy Award winning actor and activist, which to me is is the very important part of this. Uh, you know why you're here today. Uh, and you've star you're currently starring in an HBO series called The Young Pope, which is amazingly interesting and different, and talks about things that uh, bring in. The church and politics. It's intense. It's intense. And, and, and Varushka's here. She's director of a film called A Crack in Everything, which is like an eco-thriller uh, about and delves into the world of hydrofracking and the perils it produces in communities where drilling occurs. Uh, so we want to get into it. So James and Varushka, welcome to, to our, our green broadcast here. Uh, first off, I'm just going to ask, how did you two meet? I mean, what kind of life moment brought you to that quantum entanglement? I mean, because we're all quantumly entangled. And I believe you guys must have been somehow. Adam's gotten to the way and brought you to to this space. Um, I was invited to um, an event uh, to raise awareness about a fracked gas power plant called CPV, which is in um, James' community, actually. And uh, I went, and it was... It's a very disturbing thing that is happening right now is that it's people think that just because you're in a state where there's either a ban or a moratorium on fracking that we're safe. Mm. So there's this view of being fine. Everything's okay. Um, So Jamie, we call him Jamie because Mm. he's wonderful. Short. (laughs) Yes, he's so short. He's so so short. he and some other people had organized this event at a – was it a high school? Yeah. It was no, a high actually school. Actually, it's an elementary school. Elementary school. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I live about an hour – a little over an hour away from there in a beautiful place called Calicoon. I actually live in Cushecton, but it's right next to Calicoon, right on the, the Delaware River, which is stunning. Mm-hmm. Um, so we in that community, a lot of us that live there are really concerned about our safety in terms of – 
um, water and also the air that we breathe. And I think that it's so incredibly beautiful up there. We want to protect it. So I went to this event, and he was one of the presenters. And um, I went up to him afterwards and told him I was doing this f- film. And that was how, how we met. But we I had was, a mutual friend. Yeah. Was that Richard? Um, Bettina. Bettina, Bettina Skye and, ah. and her husband, oh, fine. I think, introduced us. Yeah, the event was extraordinary because uh, one of the difficulties of uh, we've had in opposing this pant, plant, which is a fracked gas-fired power plant, was that the community is principally uh, Republican. We couldn't get any traction in the media at all in the local paper. Uh, the woman who started the organization that I work with called Protect Orange County, Pramila Malik, and I were thrown out of a Orange County development. Uh, All right, you rebel. Uh, yeah, we, we got <laughs> rebel, up. Rebel, rebel, yeah. Because there were 650 businessmen there uh, hoping to uh, partake of the trough of this $900 billion uh, plant. And I don't think a one of them understood about fracking or frack gas power plants or the endangered community, which is only a thousand yards away, or what would happen if there was an accident, or this plant is being built on a uh, a single source aquifer mm-hmm. in a wetland. Uh, it violates the endangered species um, provisions. It violates um, uh, historical uh, preservation. They destroyed a seventeenth um, century fort and an Indian burial ground, cut down endangered species, trees and habitats. They've done everything wrong, and they still don't have their water permit. But these things, just like the Dakota Access, Mm -hmm. move forward like rust. (laughs) They're actually having – they now believe that the company is still drilling, even though there is an injunction to stop them from drilling. They're still drilling. In other words, it's like the Wild West. Mm-hmm. So we could not get any traction in this community. We picketed every uh, every weekend. And 350 people showed up at this auditorium to listen to Dennis Kucinich, who came, mm-hmm. a friend of mine who came, and no spoke Kucinich. really well. And we had a sort of a little bit of a pro and con. We shouldn't have had any pro at all. It... Um, it was very successful, and even more so because I met Varushka, and we have now, um, you know, we're working on this film. I'm She's doing the film. Um, I'm going to do a part in the film, uh, but we've been to a lot of these events. Uh, we went to Washington together, uh, which was extraordinary, and it's a very, very pleased with our friendship. Me too. Well, that's great. One of my questions is: there are a number of wonderful uh, documentary films, and I wondered what what m- helped you make the decision to make this into a narrative film. That's a really good question. I actually um, was on my way to California um, five years ago, and it was right after my my father. Um, actually, before my father passed away, um, I was on my way to California, and then he got sick, and very quickly. We believe that um, if he hadn't have gone to the hospital, he probably would still be alive. And basically, the hospital killed him. Um, and so, right after that, this is my second parent, and I. So I no longer have any parents. And I think that when you lose your second parent, um, it hits you maybe even harder, like your own mortality. So I went into this whole sort of question of what am I going to do with the rest of my time here. And it was so interesting that I I remember thinking, okay, well, I 
I don't know. I mean, I was going to go to California, but maybe I need to do something else. Mm-hmm. And literally a week after, I was asked to um, to be to get involved with um, an ad campaign, an anti-fracking ad campaign um, that a nonprofit organization was spearheading. And I didn't know anything about fracking. And in the space of a week, five different people spoke to me about fracking. Oh, well, something's going on here. And so I'm sort of the research queen, and I need to find out everything that there is about a subject if I'm going to work on it. So I decided, okay, well, I'm going to go into to Pennsylvania. So with this person who had asked me to help, um, we started going into communities, and I changed my whole course of my life. Um, in a very short space of time. And instead of going to California, I ended up buying a house in Coshecton, which mm-hmm. is not so far from some of these places that I was researching. And so at that time, Gasland was already out, and so people had already... There was a little inkling um, of understanding on, on a sort of larger level because Gasland had, had a huge impact. However... And there were other documentaries that are that were really good. I just really got so hit hard and emotionally by what I was seeing and, and the friends, the friendships that I made, that I I made the choice to to write something. Actually, the story sort of came to me, and some some of the stories actually based on these interviews that I that I had with people. And two of the people that I became very close with actually are no longer with us. Um, having passed away from exposure to to chemicals, in my, in my opinion, um, because they were both very rare forms of cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's... So I was just saying, Jamie and I drove together to New York today, and I was just telling him something that I really believe, which is that once you know something, you can't unknow it. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's not an alternative fact. <laughs> <laughs> that's well, that's some people yeah. think that there's alternative facts, but I, yeah, yeah. I don't by that. And I I think that when when you're experiencing something, when you've experienced something, such as watching people get poisoned Mm -hmm. and people, friends of yours die, um, I think it really changes your perspective. And Mm -hmm. so I've I've felt this urgent sense of urgency to to do something that I I love to do, which is make art. Um, And to me, this whole, you know, acting, filmmaking is about art. It's not just a commercial thing. Storytelling. Um, yeah, storytelling. Yeah. And I think that we're also at a crossroads where we need to tell more stories like this, and especially women's stories. And so, in fact, this is a women-centered project um, that I think is extremely important because we just came from the, the Women's March. Um, Jamie and I were there um, with Eve Harrison and some other wonderful people that we marched with and that we met through through Eve. Um, And I think that what the Dalai Lama said about women is is really quite interesting, that women would be the ones to to really save the world. And being at that march made me realize that this is such a time Mm -hmm. for women to actually... Uh, work together in ways that we never have before. And I think everyone else understands that we're at a point where we all need to work together. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not just the women, but I mean, everybody yeah. sort of felt that in, in, the, in the crowds. Well, it's it's really, I think, important. I like to see this brought into narrative format because people can relate sometimes to the stories when you put a human face to it, although there are obviously human 
you know, personalities involved in the documentaries. I think it's a brilliant idea in making an eco-thriller. So now, James, you've been quite an activist. I was, I, you know, I knew you were kind of a cool guy. I, I always knew that. <laughs> you didn't know you got yourself arrested a few times. Especially after Babe. I have to, can I just please, like, the dance you do with the pig, to, you know, at the end. I just, I love that. <laughs> She couldn't help herself. I'm I sorry. Had to do it. <laughs> I had to do it. I'm sorry. And you're probably sick of it. But Not at all. You have done so many, you know, valuable roles as an actor. Mm-hmm. But reading about your activism and your your taking part in, on behalf of animals, on behalf of humans, mm-hmm. and, and now on behalf of the rest of us in, in this story for, for helping raise awareness for fracking – so people should know, is your Indiegogo... It's um, active, actually, it yeah. Active. And um, we um, we actually have quite a social media presence, too. We have a, we- um, a website, we have Facebook and a Twitter, so people can follow us there. And we also um, are pretty active with posting about what's going on in that, that world, in the world of fossil fuels. Mm-hmm. and just, yeah. just explain, I mean, just so people know what fracking is. I mean, people go fracking, 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 and people go, what the frack? You know, what are, what are you talking about? Can someone address actually the what fracking is, what it does? Yeah, fracking, what, hydrofracking. Hydrofracking, what is it? It's a process of extracting trapped methane gas, and uh, mostly methane gas, from shale fields. Uh, the, the shale was the mud. Organic life was trapped in the mud uh, eons ago. And they go d- drill down, a mile down, and then out to the side, almost another mile, and they have to put char a charge in, uh, which is deplete, uses depleted uranium, and they blow up the shale, which releases the gas. And to get the gas out moving, they pump this slurry down, which we can never know what's in that slurry because of the Halliburton exclusion, mm-hmm. which was Dick Cheney's idea. But we know that it contains a number of carcinogenic chemicals, in fact, many, plus the fact that you're using great quantities of water, uh, which then have to be sucked out of the um, hole and then deposited somewhere else. They Often they re-inject this water into empty wells. The fracking field has got to be fracked uh, every so often because the gas then gets trapped again in what uh, is left after the explosion. And so they pump this slurry water back into the earth, and that's what causes the earthquakes in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. So Oklahoma has gone from three earthquakes every year to, I don't know, hundreds and hundreds of earthquakes. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is a very uh, destructive, dangerous, especially for the workers, Mm -hmm. uh, what they have to do to clean out yeah. The the pipes themselves, and they don't have the correct protective gear, and they'll have even less under this administration. Uh, so the whole process is dangerous. And then when the gas is actually burned, all the radioactivity from the the, the field is, uh, like the Marcellus shale field, is very high in radon. Mm-hmm. So you get radon gas, and you get uranium-237 and 236, and then you get tulene and benzene and, and something. Quite, quite emissions. I mean, the CO2 yeah. emissions are incredible, not to they, mention They that. are. And the escape of fugitive methane, both at the wellhead. Fugitive methane. That just Fug- sounds so cool. Fug- it's so cool. not so cool. But, <laughs> I know, but you don't want to name the movie to fugitive methane. Yeah, yeah. And, and very much more uh, greenhouse effective than, yeah. than CO2 gas is. Yeah. 
And so the whole process is uh, foul. And we in New York fought to protect the state from fracking. And people believe that they don't frack in this state. But we use more fracked gas now than we did before the ban. Mm. It, is, it, is, it is not a ban. It is a moratorium. It can be lifted at any time. And the pipelines, the point of the fracking is to get the gas to market. People think the market is America. No. Nope. It nope. is not America. It is Europe and Asia. Mm-hmm. So they have to get it up to some of the liquef- uh, where they liquefy it and ship it abroad, where they get six times as much for it there as they would here. But you can't sell that to the people of New York. You can't say, listen, we want to make a profit, so we want to run a pipeline right through your 100-acre property right past your house. Everybody's going to say no. So they say, oh, we're going to develop each community. We're going to put these power plants in, and then you'll be able to develop your area. So in my particular area, we have this power plant, which is going to use immense amount of water from a, a town called Middletown, Pollute probably pollute that water, and the whole it, it doesn't serve the community because the electricity is going to be put on the grid, so it serves no purpose. It, yeah. But it allows the local some local officials to say, "Well, okay, so now we have this power. Why don't we get Legoland in mm-hmm. and get five take five hundred acres of pristine farmland and turn it into an amusement park to bring a." million and a half more cars to this little community that doesn't have enough water to begin with. Yeah. So the whole process is um, cr- it's it, it's, cracked and fracked from the very beginning. Yeah. So there's Insane. no no reason to let up. There is We None. have to keep no. pushing, keep oh, no. getting the word but, out in every way possible. Yeah, and that's the point of, you know, one of the things when you asked me before about, okay, well, you know, what about a documentary or what? why do this as this kind of thing? I think that there should be as many projects as possible – that bring some kind of understanding of the human impact of something Mm -hmm. that is not only killing um, our wildlife ourselves, but also causing a problem where we're facing our own extinction currently. Because the the connection between um, methane released into the atmosphere and and climate change and global warming is actually much stronger than CO2. There's, I mean, and there's a, there's a lot of evidence for that. So, yeah, yeah. so the more projects, the to stop, absolutely, you know, the more projects, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, keep keep. Another aspect of the green revolution, right? Yeah. And, and I know, sorry, you're, I didn't mean to cut you off. And I know okay. you're, you're <laughs> the image uh, of the cow farting. I couldn't. I know help you're it. A, a vegan. Uh, was a vegetarian, now a vegan, but yeah. that's a whole other issue. Uh, the meat industry, agri, uh, it just. We can go on ad nauseum about everything that, that's going on that should be corrected and, and now currently with the regime in uh, – <laughs> and I emphasize regime, not administration because it is. But if I, I, but I don't if, know what to say about that. But if I could say, you know, people often um, opine, what am I to do against this huge industry, the oil and gas industry and the, the extraction industry, because there's no interface between an individual. Mm-hmm. You can protest. You can write letters. You can petition. You can do almost we, – we have a court case. I've, I've been arrested twice. If people want to make a difference on this planet, don't eat animals. Yeah, that's a huge – If you huge didn't eat impact. animals, the, the production of methane and greenhouse gases from the agricultural sector is much more than the transportation sector. And that's all those trucks that bring all that produce into New York and everywhere all over the country. There's more danger from our food supply system 
than there is from our transportation systems. You want to make a difference? Just try it one day a week. Right. Meatless Monday. When yeah. Uh, something just one day out there. Maybe we could throw that out in, in the platforms with the women's movement, too. Yeah, and, and absolutely. Your, your kids will be a lot healthier, too. So it has, yeah. it'll be a win-win situation. So, you know, that that's that's something that we all have to keep in mind as well. There's a lot of things out there. And, and also, one of the things, though, just getting back to fracking for a second, is because when I was talking to uh, Rushka before we, we came came upon doing this this interview, she you said that when you went to the community, I believe in Pennsylvania, you, there was a horrible smell. Yeah. But but the people who were there were nose blind; they didn't smell it because they got used to it. And to me, that kind of blows my mind that you, you get out of your car, you're in this area. And it's horrendous. But they're like, what? You know, yeah. what smell? Yeah. You know? And to me, right there, it was like just hit me in the brain. Like, how can this be? How can this continue? How how can we, you know, let this go on? Well, that's why I said to people, and I was talking to Jamie in the car today about this, is that I'm when I first came back from that trip um, to, to – well, I was, you know, between, living at that point between Washington, D.C. and New York City – and I, I basically was telling everybody that I could talk to about this, and I was like, you have to go. Go yourself and see and, and for yourself in the communities where they're doing this, whether it's the boom, the boom period. Um, and because you can't really know something unless you experience it. You can, hear, you, know, you can watch stuff on television or on the Internet, and it's not quite the same as experiencing something, just like the Women's March. Women can, you know, people can talk about what that experience was like, you know, if they, you know, it's sort of like in 2D, you're seeing it on TV, but if you haven't actually been there, you can't have experienced the incredible power of the love that was there and just the passion um, that I think has moved a lot of people. Um, I mean, that was a historic uh, you know, event. Yes, it was. And um, I'm inspired. I mean, I'm sort of re-inspired. And everything that I experienced in in my research, you know, before I, I started writing um, and doing, you know, embarking in this project inspired me. But I have to say that I think we're we're at a time where maybe, maybe we've reached a certain critical juncture, which is everybody understands, not everybody, but a lot of people understand Many people understand them, but there's a lot of people who don't understand. Well, and 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 how do you bridge that? How do you how do you talk? You try to talk to them. I mean, people won't talk to me because I my opinion of what's going on. They don't like it. And how do I even address that? They won't even talk to me, and I've known them twenty years. Well, one way is. The film that you're making is a narrative film, I think, is a fabulous way to create a story that may be relatable and may be seen by people that wouldn't otherwise pay attention to the topic. That's right. Right? That's right. So you're you're gonna reach to different audience and you know, doing what we're doing here, James, you know, taking a stand and using his celebrity cachet mm. with great, you know, great use. Uh well and also talking that, right? but also it's talking, it's filling the airwaves or the cyber waves, you know, yeah. w- cyberspace waves 
with something positive because I think right. it is positive to shed light on something. It doesn't mean that we have to all be in doom and gloom all the time. Right. Oh my God, all this stuff is happening. Well, guess what? We can understand that something's happening and therefore then that gives us the power to then do something well, and that, to understand our power. That is the entire philosophy from the beginning of the Green Divas is there's so much gloom and doom out there. And I became really kind of depressed. You know, the polar bears are dying and it's basically my fault. That was the, you know, the message I was getting. So I started doing the Green Divas and we started working together primarily to say, yes, here's a problem and here are some solutions. And whether it's just making yourself more aware and finding ways that you can take action, you know, where lobbyists, maybe we can't, you know, we can't go to Washington and sit in and do these things. But I can, you know, use my dollars in a way that that votes you know, I'm not going to spend money on that or I'm not going to eat meat or whatever it is. We can learn to do things that do make a difference and, of course, finding ourselves together in the streets. Yeah, power to the people. People can actually do something very positive, which is boycotts and sanctions work. And we should be boycotting uh, – we can't put sanctions on, but at least not purchasing uh, Exxon Products. Oh, yeah. If everybody just stopped and went somewhere else, it would have an effect. And I don't hear because I hear the blame towards Trump and towards his cabinet and towards the people who support him, but they're only the puppets that yeah. are controlled by the Koch brothers and the and all the other billionaires. And to get them, you have to attack capitalism. Capitalism is the root cause. Yeah. And to do that, we have the power because mm-hmm. we have the capital. Correct. We just have to withdraw it from the most egregious uh, um, corruptors of the system. Yeah, that's why. And change the system, I might add. Well, the Dakota Access thing, that's why they started talking about the banks. Yeah. These are the banks that are funding this that's thing. That's correct. Step up and stop yep. fooling around. Well, right. and the colleges, yeah. you know, try, trying to get colleges and corporations to divest yeah. from the fossil fuel Doing industry. They are. And, uh, you know, 350.org, you know, Bill McKibben's group, I mean, we've had them on. Many shades of green, and and we've had yep. so many groups on, you know, and from from Riverkeeper to Clearwater, to you know that we've had everyone that we could possibly get on to spread the word on our shows over the last ten years, you know, years, at yeah. least, mm-hmm. and and just seeing everyone trying to to do something to to make a difference, and and there are and they and they are they're they're chipping, you know, it's a very slow process, like you said, rust, you know, like watching rust on a car, but 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 things are happening. You know, divesting is happening. Major universities are pulling back. And we really need to get the college kids more infuriated, I think, too. One thing that I don't know, you guys were at the march. Did you come across any any college kids? Who oh, were my gosh. Yes. Yeah. yes. In fact, so, one of the things that was so cool was that they, they were probably more of them. I mean, and there were really young girls, too, yep. and boys, but a lot of young girls, like talking about 12, 13, 14 That's year olds. old folds. folks, too. I like. Yeah, old folks, too. <laughs> we have to feel young oh, again. Yeah. <laughs> the 60s is back. Oh, yeah. We Jamie have, was so popular. Everybody kept stopping him. Like a lot of people mm-hmm. recognized him, even younger people, you know, that. Well, he's visible him. in a crowd. I am. Yeah. He stands out. One <laughs> absolutely can see that. We we had um, a march, and you, you talked about your county or whatever being very Republican. Yeah. And the county I am in, New Jersey, Morris County, is very close to Nazi. But um, <laughs> we used to joke around that because I ran for office once that uh, a Democrat could run Jesus against Hitler as a Republican. 
And Hitler would win. Hitler would win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, so we had a little march, and I thought, oh, this will be nice. It's local, and I'll just go. You know, I figured there'd be like 50 people, and, and it was started by some senior citizens. And I thought, okay, this Great. is going to be interesting. It's not going to be D.C. Like 2,000 people, so, which I know it doesn't sound like much. No, no, but no, it's a lot. For, for our little place, it, out of the six places in New Jersey, this was the second largest including uh, Trenton and Asbury Park. And I was so impressed by the kids Uh, and the families and the senior citizens. They're like, why am I still doing this? You know, the women. And it was very peaceful except for uh, a woman who sent her kids out, 12-year-old kids, a whole group of them with Trump posters. And they were, you know. And she used her kids it was, it was as weird. a shield. It was really weird. I, was I like, mean, this is what we're talking about, the yeah. insanity of it all. Do, doing that is just in, in, incredible. But I have to give a shout out to the Raging Grannies. Grannies. Yeah. Raging <laughs> Grannies. Uh, they they go out to all these events and, and they're all, you know, seniors. And they range from, you know, upwards to 100. And they're just pushing along saying, you know, our grandchildren and great-grandchildren, mm-hmm. they've got to breathe this air. So we're just, you know, coming out, and, and, I, and I know some of them is from the Westchester chapter. And uh, I think I qualify. But, you know, I'm a granny. Know, uh, hey, I'm raging, so it's all good. <laughs> you know, we can, we, we, we can get together and figure it out. I know. Um, I'm going to switch gears slightly uh, 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 on James here because uh, I just wanted to bring up the fact that you were on this this currently wonderful uh, HBO uh, oh, show called Pope. series called The Young Pope, and uh, I I was just wondering. Uh, I, it's critically acclaimed. Uh, you Jude Law plays the part of an American pope, and I just what attracted you to that, and 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 how does it represent the collision of religion and politics in your in your mind? Uh, I was attracted to it because the man who directed it. Um, Paolo Sorrentino mm-hmm. not only won an Academy Award for uh, his the previous film, but uh, the script was extraordinary. Uh, you could tell right away the man is uh, an extraordinary writer, even when it's translated into English, which is not fair to his Italian. The church is politics. Mm-hmm. It has always been politics. My favorite pope was uh, John Paul I. He was assassinated. He was assassinated because he took on the politics inside the Vatican, specifically the Vatican Bank and Bank Ambrosia. But he was also going to look at abortion. He was going to look at celibacy. He was going to look at all the issues. And he was the only pope that ever took a a vow of poverty. The thrust of the story is that this man is elected. It actually is a miracle that he's elected. And it was a miracle that John Paul was elected because no one thought he would ever become pope. Not the second. This is the first. The first. And he wants to change the church because he can – he understands the hypocrisy in the church. He understands that many of the prelates are so involved with advancement inside the structure of the church that they lose their relationship not only to their parishioners but to God uh, herself. Uh, I know that would be blasphemy, but that's yes, what blasphemy. I think. But that's what I think. I like it. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> I'm with you. And We're so, with you. <laughs> and so he tries to reinstitute a time in which uh, the church was fearful. Uh, fear, fear, people were afraid of mm. the church. Um, and he has to take on every problem that the church now faces, the uh, hom- uh, the pedophilia, the homosexuals in, in, the, uh, in the priesthood, um, the overreach of uh, missionaries in Africa, uh, liberation theology. 
he has to take it all on. That, so that's the context in which this man has his own personal journey because he has also lost his mm-hmm. relationship to God. And uh, it's a really fascinating because it, in many ways it is, not, it is not the same as, but it is similar to what the, the phenomenon of Mr. Trump, mm-hmm. yeah. who I probably never thought at the beginning— that he, I, I think it was his way of getting back at Obama because of that terrible roasting he got at the foreign press dinner where he had to sit there and take it all night from Mr. Obama. And he thought, I'm going to get on a platform in which I will get to speak and I'll do the thing that I do best. And, of course, being the promoter that he is, um, everybody bought it. But not everybody bought it. But, I mean, the media bought into it. Yeah, that's so it's this, the, this story is very similar. And that's what attracted me. Wow, beautiful. Now, we we have to start wrapping up. There are two more questions that we ask everybody, Mm. and uh, then we would be – so the first question, and we can get you involved, um, is what does sustainability mean to you? And there's no right or wrong. It's just something we're asking, and it's amazing how many different answers there are. You want me to go first? Yeah. Um, Walking your talk. Brilliant. So it means to me, um, mm. in other words, you have to live thinking about. I love the concept of, of living today, thinking about the seventh generation. It's an indigenous philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, and if everybody did that, we would have a transformed planet. Yeah, we would. Jamie, may I call you Jamie? Yeah, sure. Oh, absolutely. I think there's going to be a paradigm shift. I think we call that paradigm shift revolution. I think what is revolutionary about it is it is a shift in consciousness from fear, uh, from blaming, from hatred, from the dark wolf to love. I think that's what the march was about. I think that's what we experienced Mm -hmm. on the street. And I think that the way things are going, the only thing that will sustain this planet is love. And and, And that's all there is. There is only love and then a perception of the absence mm-hmm. of love, which causes fear. So two emotions. And what is sustainable is not fear, not anger, not division, not separation, inclusion, compassion, love, femininity. Oh, my God. Ooh, that's it. I am so on board with that. Yeah. Mm. And then we, we, I'm going to ask a question, too, because it's kind of a tag that I get uh, when I speak to people uh, when I do the show. I, I was able to get a uh, tag from Hillary Clinton, uh, what's her shade of green, uh, which was pretty pretty, pretty much fun. And uh, I got Chuck Schumer's shade of green and, and Mark Ruffalo, and, the, and, the, <laughs> and I got Mary Robinson, who was the president of Ireland, telling me, we're the ultimate shade of green in her thick brogue, you know. And so I'm going to ask you both. I'll start with you, Varushka. What is your shade of green? It could be metaphoric shade or it could be an actual shade you love of green. All yeah. green, but mainly forest green. Okay, that's that's cool. Forest is is what keeps us alive. That's it, right? And um, your shade? My shade of green is um, no wow. pressure. No pressure. <laughs> we can come back to that if you want. Pick a uh, color, any color. <laughs> Kermit. Deep green, I guess. Some kind of deep. bottle green. Bottle green. Well, deep green is good because <laughs> that brings bottle green. Yeah, you know anything. 
All Look, green, but actually all green. All green. See, all green. Go. All shades of green. All every shades shade of, of green. All right. and every shade of green is the best <laughs> green around. We're all green. We're all green, you know, uh, right. at this point in time and, and trying to uh, get greener. Uh, and just one one more question. Where can people get information about a crack in everything? Well, we, the website is www.crackineverything.com, and it's right now pointing to the Indiegogo campaign, okay. which um, we have until February 7th to raise what we need. So we would love to have everyone's participation. And by the way, crowdfunding is awesome because everybody can yep. participate in mm-hmm. making the film with their energy. So I'll even be donating. Yeah. That sounds good. A crack in everything. Was that from the Leonard Cohen That's crack? Right. That's right. Okay. Good That's letter. where the light comes in? That's where the light yeah. comes in. Right. That's a beautiful... I've used that a lot lately, actually. And then when I... <laughs> and then when I, when I relevant. When I saw, you know, the name of the film, I went... I had used that in a, in a post recently because uh, I had taken, you know, a picture. I like to post... Right now, I'm looking up at the sky more than I've ever looked in my life because like, that's where I'm getting solace these days. The, the clouds, the sun, you know, sunsets on the Hudson. It, it's that's where I'm getting it. So that Sweet. that that came yeah. to, that came to mind. Uh, and and in terms of uh, the young popes on HBO, yeah. And uh, yeah, I guess you can get it uh, on demand in Sunday and, night. And, otherwise, um, Sunday, Sunday night. and Monday. I think mm-hmm. they show uh, two episodes: one on Sunday, one on Monday. Okay. And um, was was it picked up? Do you have another season coming? Yeah, there's another season. I don't because I know I won't. I oh, okay. say, but I won't have another oh. season. Oh. I, I do another series called Detour, okay, uh, which is a lot of fun. Okay. That was oh, on good. One, last year, and um, Samantha Bee and her husband. A wrote new it. one to find. Yes, yeah, good one. That's yeah, hyster- oh, they're hyster- they're they're they amazing. Are. That couple. Yep. They are they are amazing. Very funny people. So so thank you thank so you much both for, for so both much. Uh, taking time out and you're doing amazing work and uh looking forward to this film. Yeah. Thank you for just, having uh, us. And, and I'm just yeah. very very proud to be, you know, with with two humans who are just doing what they can to to make a difference. You've been listening to The 50 Shades of Green, a collaborative gig between the Green Divas and the Many Shades of Green radio shows. Happily recorded at Green Diva Studio. Be sure to look for this and other Green Diva Network podcasts and The Many Shades of Green on iHeartRadio, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spreaker, and Stitcher, among other places. You can find more information about this show and much more on thegreendivas.com. <laughs>